Oh, oh nice this morning, to be honest. Cool? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the AO Chill Podcast. You already know the business. I got another artist here for you today, but um, more than just an artist, kind of like a like a New Jersey mogul left to the left of me today. My boy, please take a couple seconds, minutes, let the people know who you are and where you're from. Hello. Um, my name is Kurt Donovan. I am from Jersey City. Uh, I'm an artist. I make music. Um, I throw events. And I also have a docu-series that I do where I showcase different artists and creatives in New York and New Jersey. And um, yeah, I just, I do a lot of different things. I, a lot of different creative expressions pull me in different directions so where dude so why don't we hop into a little bit because actually like I, I i've been doing like my my little research on you and everything but i wanted to kind of get into a little bit of your beginnings just for like the first like i don't know 10 15 minutes we'll see where it goes okay so originally you're from jersey city you said right yes dude i have a love for jersey city like nothing else like yeah, i probably say like my top cities in jersey hmm patterson Jersey City, Cape May, so random. So Cape random. May? Cape where's, May. Where's that? Cape May is all the way down south. It's literally like the point all the way down in New Jersey. You know that little like thing that sticks out? I don't, I don't even know if it sticks out, but it's like literally if you go through all the exits, that's exit like zero, one, oh, wow. whatever. Yeah, oh, that's so it's deep. Like, yeah, once you go all the way down the, the turnpike, not the turnpike, the Garden State, mm-hmm. the parkway. Yeah, so I love Cape May. And then... Maybe everything else in between Newark. I haven't got to experience Newark too much, but talk to me about Jersey City. So you you were born in Jersey City? You grew up there? Um, no, I actually was. I was born in uh, Summit, New Jersey. Summit, um, word. Yeah, yeah. So it's like not too far from here, actually. And um, then I was, I actually moved around a lot in in Jersey. Like when I was, um, I was until I was like four or five. I was I lived in East Orange, and then I lived in Orange until I was eleven. And then uh, my mom moved to Jersey City. So um, e- even when I was in Orange or East Orange, I didn't really know anybody. I didn't make really any friends. I was just in the house. So I, it wasn't until I got to Jersey City where I started, like, just going out and starting to meet new people. But it was also cool because it was different than, like, a suburb. It was, like, more of a city kind of environment. So it's there's a lot of things going on. There's, like like easy public transportation it's like easy to get around and meet new people and it's like right next to new york as well so it was just a oh this is a cool new place i've never been to before so that's where i really like grew up and i really started to make my friends around there so yeah and i've always really loved jersey city it's always been um a home to me and it's always kind of been the place where i feel most comfortable and yeah i just love um Jersey City more than like any uh, part of Jersey, honestly. Yeah, dude. Nah, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I think especially with all the changes that have happened in Jersey City within the past, she's like ten years. You know mm. what I mean? The downtown's gotten like super gentrified, but maybe like not in the worst way. I mean, people have different opinions about that. Yeah. But like, you know, when you when you're walking around like Greenville, you know, when you walk around like the Heights and stuff, and you see like the real like I don't know, there's certain things about Jersey City that just draw me to it so badly you know yeah. and i think my first experience with that was um you know uh white mana white mana white mana is uh right in front of ringside this is on um i forget what highway that is where everybody it, but it's a burger spot and if you haven't okay. been there you have to come with me dude. this is do you know what part is 
Uh, yeah, that's like in the Heights area. Oh, okay, okay. In the Heights okay. area, like you know that 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 highway that runs to Jersey City. Um, it has like a Wendy's, a Taco Bell. Um, has like a bunch of hotels on it. Yeah, I know yeah, what you're yeah. About. That same highway. Yeah. There's this one turn where you take you take a right and it'll loop you back in to go into like the Heights, and right on that road, right on the corner on that highway, there's a Dunkin' Donuts there too. So it's like White Mana. Right across from it, ringside, and right across from ringside is uh, a Dunkin' Donuts. I think I, I I literally pass there every day. I know where ringside you're talking about. Yeah, Damn, I pass there today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to stop by White Manor for sure. I do. We need to, we need to go to. White oh, Manor. is that the burger spot? Yeah, that's the oh, burger spot. Oh, I've yeah. been there, dude. That's my favorite. Oh, wow. That, I, actually, I, I'm not even gonna hold you. That's my favorite spot in Jersey City. Yeah, no, they slap. I'm not gonna lie. My my friend um, Trey, uh, like years ago, had, like had a studio. Um, around there, he just went to uh, the studio that was around there, and we used to walk across the highway and go there a lot of yeah. the time. I, that's cool. I never even realized the name of that spot. Yeah, dude, that place is like a legendary place, dude. Yeah, that's, that's actually where like they like they invented sliders there. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. The 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 World's Fair for baseball or whatever the hell in Yankee Stadium, they um uh they wanted like they were just making burgers and they started making like you know smashing them and like putting them into like little buns and then like selling them oh wow and then it ended up becoming like that store and there's another white manna i forget where it is but it's not the original they call themselves the original yeah. and people who don't know any better they're like that one's the original i'm like fuck you original manna jersey city yeah but my bad i, I like to get <laughs> off topic with this shit all the time so funny enough what music like what what influenced you going up then um, a lot of the time when I was growing up, I would really just listen to whatever my mom would listen to because I didn't really have any option, like just being in the car and just being around her. So we listened to a lot of like the first kind of music I would actually listen to was like, like, um, Stevie Wonder and like, oh, dude, like Aretha yeah. Franklin and shit hell yeah. because it was just a bunch of just like old, like soul music. So that's really the first kind of music that I would listen to. And then the first music that I branched off to was, um, like I really love like '90s rock music, like Nirvana and fucking. Um, and then I would also get into a lot of like, uh, like hip hop, like 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 the newer hip hop. So I would really listen to a lot of '90s uh, rock and then like hip hop. And um, then my first girlfriend introduced me to a lot of new music, and that's what I really like. Like in like in um, like in high school, I really just got into just tapping in with different music and just listening to a different artist's full catalog every day. So I would just really just tap into a bunch of different genres. So, but yeah, like soul music is actually what I'm like originated from, honestly. Word, word. Yeah. But I, I, will, I will tell you, and I'll be straight up. Like your your your, your getup speaks a lot of like punk and rock. Yeah, yeah. Right. So like, how did how did that develop into then? now like going into rock like were your parents like i just any, realized like, that I, i'm like talk, i'm saying that while i'm wearing this it was no like, that's that, funny. that's dope though that's dope because i i feel very similar in the same mm. sense because my dad grew me up with 70s 80s disco mm. you know what i mean a lot of soul music man and then as i got into soul music my dad wasn't too much into that but i fell in love man i was mm. listening to like luther vandross you know mm. i was listening to stevie wonder um I mean, uh, <laughs> what was I going to say? Louis Armstrong doesn't count as, <laughs> like, soul and funk, but, you know, yeah, 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 like, a little in between. But, like, you know, like, uh, I, I was listening to Aretha Franklin, too, you know, and all, mm. all these great singers. And then 90s was a, was a cool time to kind of, like, grow It was up, a really cool know? time. And a lot of the time um, when I was in middle school, everybody would just tell me, 
you should have grew up in the uh like it would be you would have been you would fit in in like the 90s or like the early 2000s because all of this shit that i liked was mad popular like in middle school i was just listening to mad like um nirvana and like lyrical rap music i was just listening to rock and like lyrical rap music so i would be listening to nirvana and like j cole and shit Word. so that kind of uh shaped what i'm doing now where it's in terms of like i make a lot of alternative music but i'm so um tapped into what i'm saying and i'm so tapped into like what i'm singing on the song and the lyrics behind it so like i just take a lot of influence from a lot of different things and i just found like 90s rock music especially like grunge music like nirvana like alice in chains was just so cool and i just wanted to be like that and i just wanted to um find that in what i was doing so it wasn't until i had my first girlfriend who listened to mad like she, my first girlfriend was the one who put me on to everything. Like, miss, listen to Mad, like, um, Blackville Brides and, like, Pierce the Veil and all this Bill shit. Brides. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, it was like the first time me, like, hearing any of this. And I'm like, nah, I never heard no shit like this before. Cause it took everything, like, in rock that I already liked and I already was listening to, to like, oh, this shit is, like, way different. And there's a whole different, like, style with this and there's a whole different, like, like, culture within this. So. Yeah, when I was like a freshman in high school, that's when I really started to really tap into different music. And um, yeah, I just had to, just people just put me on to different things. And then just from there, I just spiraled into just getting into any music I could really, uh, anything that really spoke to me or anything that I could um, connect to. Because when I first heard that kind of music, I was like, okay, this is like some shit that's more than just music to me. It's like something that I could actually like feel. And that was the only time I actually felt that way was in like certain artists. But I'm like this whole, there's like all these artists who are doing this thing that I can relate to. So that's what really opened my eyes to just wanting to discover new music. Word, word. And when was the first time you kind of picked up an instrument or anything? Or do you play any instruments? Yeah, I play, I play the guitar, um, but I mainly sing. And um, yeah, but I want to learn like, I want to tap in with drums. I want to tap in with, like, guitar yeah, and everything. Dude. Whenever you're doing this stuff, it just ends up, like, you know, like, you want to learn a million instruments. Yeah, especially, like, I play with a band um, for a lot of my shows, so it's like, damn, I wish I could um, just be on there with a guitar, too, or, like, doing something as well. Um, but um, what was the question? Uh, I was really talking about how if you played any instruments, so you talk about how you play guitar. You know, what I mean, you you want to pick up some other instruments. So you said you mainly sing. So yeah, when did yeah. you first start singing? Um, I first started singing. Oh yeah, when did I first get into like music? Like I first started. Um, I actually uh, was in my when I was uh, when I was in high school. I was always into like acting and filmmaking. So that was like one of my first passions was just I was doing a lot of that and. Um, when I was in high school, I was doing a lot of just acting and modeling and trying to make my own films. And um, I didn't start uh, getting into music until I met um, my friend. And I met one of my friends in high school. And, th like, he he said he was really good at rapping. But he was, he was, like, 16, 17. But he was talking about, oh, I'm retired or whatever. But he was nice. So I'm like you could utilize that a lot better. And I've always been the person who's been like, um, see potential in somebody and be like, let me help you do this. I want to get you on board. I want to like, not just have me go. I want to help everybody around me get to their full potential too, especially if like I care about them. So I actually, um, I bought all the recording equipment. Uh, I was doing Uber Eats on my bike and I bought all the recording <laughs> equipment 
um, that I still have now that I still use just strictly to engineer. Like, I didn't even know how to engineer, but I just bought it just strictly to engineer him. I'm not sure why I did that. But, yeah, I just I just fucked with him, so I just did that. And then, um, uh, so I engineered him for, like, a while. And um, eventually I just started to just be like, let me see what I sound like on this. And let me see how, what I could do on this. Um, and then I just started to gradually just get into it and just started to gradually just um, just try and practice and just make songs that nobody ever heard and just get better and until I got to a point where I'm like, this sounds good. And then I play it for other people and they think it sounds good. And I'm like, oh, all right, I'm getting somewhere. <laughs> so, Word. yeah. And, and when you're playing this, the, the style of music that you're playing it in, is it mostly like, is it rock? Is it like hip hop? Like when you engineered your boy? Um he he was he was mainly like lyrical rap okay so um yeah those those have always been the the genres i've always loved was just rock and rap music so like just that combination just that mixture was always something that i never even knew was a possibility until um like when i was like 16 and then uh like juice world and like x came out and i was like oh shit you could do like both of these at yeah. the same time mm-hmm. <laughs> and i'm like i never knew that so then be, that's because before that i was so confused of my style and confused of what i wanted to do because i would try to make one song i would try to make just some boom bap shit and then one song i would try to make some like fucking um like hard rock type shit mm-hmm. so i'd be like i don't know i'm and both of those sound like two completely different people so i'm like i don't know what my style is and um so when I heard like artists like like Juice World, where it was like, okay, this is like, this is like a a a, um, a rap instrumental with like a like a like an emo rap emo rock song delivery on it. So I'm like, that's cool as fuck. So I kind of just started to just try to tap in with like more shit like that. Yeah. Word, dude. So talk to me then about so you're going through high school. I feel like everybody's high school like story is pretty much the same. You know, you've yeah. you're figuring shit out. You're talking to other people. You know, talk to me about what happens after uh, graduation, last day of high school. Um. So, in high school, I really, I I really was like a loner for real. Like I really like. Um, you went to high school in Jersey City. Uh, I went to high school right outside Jersey City Word. in Bayonne. Word. Um, and honestly, um, a little problem. No offense to Jersey City, probably a little better. <laughs> I'm not gonna hold you. It probably. I mean, that school kind of was like mm-hmm. th- that school. It's closed now. Like that school is like like they bulldoze that shit now. But oh, like, they closed down your high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. Um, they closed it right after COVID. Um, but like even in even my sophomore year, there was like times where um they would call us to the gym and be like. We're about to close <laughs> because there's no there's a lack of students and shit and just like certain occasions just happened where it just kept going and we just kept having um the school. But I really liked that school because they were about to close because of lack of students. So I'm like, Okay, I didn't like school, so I'm like, I could really get away with a lot here. Mm. So then I what, what was the name of the school? Marist. Marist. Yeah, yeah. Alright. Um but well, rest in peace, Maris. Yeah, rest in peace, Maris. Yeah, we we went in there while it was like being demolished too. <laughs> how, like, how many kids were like going there at the time? It was a it was a small school, probably like probably like a hundred in total. Yeah, it's, it was really not that big, and I just really was like a loner for real in that school because like I acknowledged the fact that 
me as a person, I'm I'm attracted to like a lot of different like creative people and I like to do like creative shit and I have a specific like like mindset that coexists with other people and I just knew that in that school nobody was like alike to me and I just knew that nobody was wanted to do the same things I wanted to do and I just felt very trapped in that school so I would like just skip school a lot and I would be really into acting so I just go to New York and just go on auditions and shit like that oh word yeah yeah so you were auditioning like after high school and stuff yeah I was doing that that was the that was the whole game plan like um like I was talking big shit in, in my senior year like I'm not going to college. They was giving me college forms. I was writing the crib university, <laughs> get in trouble and shit. And, <laughs> the crib university. and I was just telling them like, they also let it slide. Cause they knew that I was like doing a lot of, cause I was getting gigs and like acting and modeling and shit. And I had an agent in acting. Oh, word. Yeah. yeah so yeah. like what, what kind of gigs were you doing? Mainly like just like dramas and like comedies and shit like that. And, it like anything like, that's like on TV that people could watch now, or there was a movie called Kicks on HBO. It's not even on there no more. But it was just some like it was a it was a movie on uh, HBO. I was on some shit and I had a couple lines on there. But it's some stuff I was doing. Like I did a scooter commercial where I was riding a scooter. I was doing shit where it was like like voiceovers, like like you holding something and just saying like mm-hmm. a product, like commercials or that's shit. That's dope though. That's yeah, dope. yeah. No, nah, it was it was cool as fuck. Like, I was really into just that and just filmmaking. And, and you, like, and you were getting paid and stuff. For yeah, that? hell yeah. Oh, so shit. that's why I was in my as I was I was like my senior year. I, I skipped like seventy days, <laughs> just just straight going to New York and just doing auditions and shit. So I was just like, yo, I'm not going to college. Like I'm doing this. I'm going full force on this. So then. I'm doing that, and, like, I don't go to college. One year out of school, I'm doing auditions. I'm, like, tapping in with different shit. I'm in New York, like, every day. So, and then COVID happened, and then when COVID happened, all that shit was dead. It was no auditions. It was no work. It was nothing. So I'm, like, I'm about to start I'm about to start filming and making music. <laughs> and that's when I really tapped in more. I mean, I was making music the whole time. I just really wasn't, like, serious about it. So, but um, that's when I really started making music seriously, and I wanted to make films, but I didn't have actors. So I was like, why don't I make something that's like more of a documentation that's also filmmaking, but also with the idea of like having the same core storyline and like principles of an actual film, but just more in like documentary form. So I still do look at it as if I'm still like making films because I'm looking it for the story and looking it for like like a plot and I'm looking it for like characters and like character arcs and just different like filmmaking tropes that make great films really great and just putting into more like documentary form so yeah just a lot of different like um artistic things just pull me in different directions word a lot of times so before the pandemic Mm -hmm. so weird saying that sometimes uh before before the pandy um Were you filming these underground shows? Like, uh, how did how did that get started? So it got started from, um, it got started from I wanted to make. Um, I actually did start before the pandemic. I started way before the pandemic, actually. So, so real quick, be- before you get into that, can you explain to the people like what it is exactly? that you know this this documentary um like videos that you're posting up on youtube like what 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 was your original idea like what is it so the original idea for it was um me as an artist i wanted to um capture and document everything that was going on within me and everything that was going on with my life and trying to get like a i thought it would i thought it would be cool to like i have artists who i idolize 
and I thought it would be cool to see like a like a real authentic raw like uh documentary um documenting their life like piece by piece and seeing like that actual trajectory and seeing like the things they had to go through and I've always learned so much from watching other people do the things I want to do and learning from their mistakes and learning from their successes so that's why I wanted to document the good and the bad and everything that was going on with with um, with me trying to make it in my artistic expression. So from doing that, I naturally started going to different events and just meeting different people. And that's when I was like, okay, this I could make this bigger than just it's bigger than just me. Like it's not just me. So I wanted to also um, showcase every other creative who's doing the same thing as me and doing like similar things. Um, because I just love the creative fields as well. And I, I just want to give other creatives who are just like me, like a platform and showcase them and also give them like light and just have a, have it so that the people in New Jersey and New York can watch it and network with each other and just meet new people and just learn, you know what I'm saying? And Word. just actually be entertained by it as well. So it's like, there's multiple different, um, values you could gain from it so i'm just trying to just continuously just um grow it and develop it and make it just keep going and just make it more original and just um showcase more creatives so you started this project then before the pandemic yes um i mean i've I've always loved filmmaking you could find like if you could find uh youtube videos of like short films i did when i was in middle school on youtube right now like oh like 20 of them on YouTube right now. You got to dig deep for them shits though. Cause those is hard. I can't, it's hard for me to find. It's hard for me to find a channel for that. So like, I've always just been into filmmaking. So, um, yeah, the idea was just to just, to, and I, I would film a lot of my friends as well. So, because I didn't have a, um, somebody to film myself. So if I was filming myself, um, I would kind of do something like this and like mic myself and just like say something inspirational and put some b-roll in the background of it like i would have to do things like that um and then film a lot of my friends as well so it was it was always rooted in my love for filmmaking as well and just the core concept of um this shit around me is is really interesting and it's cool and and i think people would be interested to watch it and, and watch it unfold And I just wanted to give like uh, more people just like a uh, more shine to what they're doing. Um, but yeah. Word, dude. So talk to me then when you started this out. I haven't I haven't seen the first videos that you posted up of that. I have been catching up on a lot of your your most recent ones and things that I've been watching before, especially the ones you did with Mad Minds too. You sent me yeah, earlier it. then. Um, how did you start branching out? into going to these different venues because then you said you were going into new york city a lot and yeah. especially at a young i didn't go to new york city at all like at, at the age of like where you were at and especially jersey city i mean you just take the path and you're in yeah there, that, yeah you that's know? why i loved it so, being over there yeah. yeah that's great that's a great thing um on my hand i i had the nj transit mm -hmm. to go there and it wasn't really like it's any harder To be honest, it's probably like just a, a lot long, not that long to get into New York City. It probably takes me like 40 minutes to get into New York City mm. using the bus that's around like where I live. Um, but yeah, so did you, when did you start really filming into different like, you know, venues and stuff? Um, I think I really started doing that actually around when the pandemic first started. Word. Which is interesting because um, uh, I kind of took it like a different way. Like I looked at the pandemic as like, 
I feel like everything's on pause so I can catch up. Like, I feel like I was behind. Um, so that's when I really started to film um, heavily. And when I went to, when I started going to my first shows, um, they were in Jersey. And I was like, okay, I need to, then that's when I first realized, all right, there's a, there's people who are out there who are just like me. And in terms of they're also like artists or they're filmmakers or they're photographers or whatever. Um, and they're trying to grow their craft and they're all trying to network with each other, and meet each other. So that's the first eye-opening moment. I mean, when I was acting and everything, it's a whole different world. So it wasn't really like I was meeting people like that. I was meeting like more actors. And um, so when I first started to go to shows, that's when I started to meet more people who are more just creative types. And that's when I kind of looked at my videos differently in the likes of, okay, so now I know who is going to be watching these videos um, because I'm just doing all my creative shit and, uh, and um, showcasing other people do their creative shit. So naturally, the, the majority of people watching are going to be creatives. So now me knowing that, I could do things that are also going to benefit those people and is also going to speak to those people and, like, help those people and help them network and things like that. So it was just an eye-opening moment of, like, I think it was like 2019 when I first really started to go to these events and just um, just meet more like-minded people like myself that I didn't get when I was in high school. Word, word, yeah. dude. So then after the, after the pandemic, you're more going to these different venues, giving people more of their shine. Did you throw, I don't want to say throw, but I, I, I don't know the situation. Did you just stop like with the acting and going out for auditions? Yeah, I yeah, I really did. I really just completely stopped. Um, I mean, it was difficult. I remember like the first uh like I had COVID before COVID was even like damn. Like, yeah, cuz I was going to New York so often and then I got back from um I got back one day and I was just like, damn, I can't I can't breathe. <laughs> cuz I, I I used to have like asthma bad when I was young. Damn, that sucks. Like man. I had the breathing machine and shit. So I was like um uh, yeah, I really couldn't breathe. So I was like, I just thought it was something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then a couple of weeks later, that's when everything shut down. And um, that's when everybody, uh, well, that's when they started really saying, oh, people are dying, this and that. And then that's when things were starting to shut down. So I had it before and um, I was nervous to really go to New York. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I get that completely, dude. I, I had a friend who um, he caught the vid before mm -hmm. like, the vid was even COVID, yeah. <laughs> right? And uh, he was hospitalized for, like, a couple weeks. Like, almost lost him there, too. <laughs> and it was like, yeah. God damn, you know what I mean? And then after, like, literally, like, a month after that, like, everything started shutting down. And that was a wild time. That was a wild time. I think I think for yeah, a wild time wild. for all artists. and all, like, But it, it's good, because I feel very similar to what you were saying before. Like, I felt like it was time to kind of catch up. I didn't use it. I didn't use it like that. I've, I've said on many podcasts before, all I did during COVID was eat, sleep. Like, I, I started doing, um what was it? Not P90X. Uh, insanity. I got into the mm, Insanity workouts a lot. Yeah, way. so I was doing the Insanity workouts at home during COVID mm. and then just jerking off and taking out of bro. Like, literally. It was, like, every day. And then when it finally started getting back, but they wouldn't let you back into the universities yet, everything had to be online, right? Or, no, switching from from uh 
being on campus to then uh, completely off campus. It was weird, dude. It was a weird thing. So after COVID, so then what are you what are you kind of doing? Is is now filming all this stuff like your full time gig or like what are you doing to like support yourself? Uh, so after COVID, it was kind of a completely different shift. Like I felt like I was just in a different like place completely from where I was before that. Um, but so I was, I was now doing, I was now majority filming and doing, um, YouTube videos and making music and kind of that kind of goes, went hand in hand for me because a lot of times me making music, it'd be content and, um, going to other artists and recording them is kind of like me also networking with these artists and like things like that. So it's kind of in the same light, but now I'm, I look at it differently. Like I'm shooting a bunch of different things that don't have to do with music. Um, but so, yeah, I was doing, I was filming a lot and, and making music a lot. And I was also doing, um, content creation for different, um, Instagram, uh, businesses. Word. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was mainly how I was, uh, making money from during COVID too, because a lot of, a lot of businesses were like, um, a lot of businesses were strictly online and a lot of them did not know how to make posts and how to like make something that looked, um, engageable or make something that looked good. So I would, a lot of time I just hit up businesses like, Hey, I can make content for your page. I could come and do this. I could come in, um, I could put the right hashtags. I could put the right, like, I, I know the right analytics for your page and stuff like that. So, yeah, that was mainly how I just researched a lot of Instagram and just learned just social media in general um, from doing that. Word. Yeah. Word. I feel that. So then you're mainly doing then, like, almost like social media. I want to say, like, like content creation is basically the word you used, right? Yeah. So then you were doing that and then also doing the filming stuff, right? Yeah. So what was your – so now, like, where are you now in between, like, goals and what you're trying to achieve and what you're trying to do? So now I kind of incorporated a lot of events more. Um, and, you know, just just being a like a independent artist trying to grow things, it's, it's like difficult to get like monetary value out of certain things. Like um, events give a good a good level of monetary value right now, like a, like a small level, but that's better than um, videos for me right now. Um, but um, yeah, I'm just really in the process of of um, trying to grow everything and just trying to turn a profit off everything within it still being just as organic as possible because like like you know I, we don't really do this for money, but at the end of the day, like you need to eat <laughs> at the mm. end of the day. So. No, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually having a very interesting conversation a couple of days ago. I had a uh, Ethan Ross on. Oh, and, nice. um, uh, yeah, he's a dope guy. And, and he, he had said something that really resonated with me in this podcast and kind of resonated with me now, especially, um, as we're going into the first full year of me doing this as a business. Um, it's like, damn, he was like, I'm a 20, how old is he? He's like, I'm a 26 year old man. He's like, I'm not 18 or 17 anymore running around and doing shows for fun. He's like, I need to pay my bills. And he's like, if I'm going to find a way to be an artist and pay my bills, he's like, there's only one way to do it. And he's like, and it's to put in the work. And then he's like, and if that doesn't work out, then shit, I'm out of luck. I can't do what I love. You know, and I'm like, 
damn and when he said it like and it, and it was really 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 interesting conversation that like you know I, i've actually been thinking about like a lot these past couple of days because i'm just like damn like um yeah i'm starting to get there dude I'm, I'm i'm 24 right now you know and like this is this has been like the coolest venture i've done so far but even up until this point i've made like zero dollars from doing the podcast and uh ah, probably made like 400 bucks but that was just off of like that and that wasn't even asked that was just like tipped you know what i mean um and so like looking into it it's like all right how am i really going to make an impact with the shit that i'm doing and make it viable so i could live off of this shit and i think this conversation is probably going to kind of turn around a little bit to like jersey culture what is happening in jersey right now like how are we building a community how are we building the music and giving a place for artists to grow right because i think that's a big thing that you've been documenting especially documenting like these underground scenes like they're still very alive and well which yeah. is really dope to see and there's venues out there for people to perform but right now i'm kind of seeing like i don't know i'm gonna leave it i'm gonna leave my mouth out of it because i've said it in a million podcasts before what are you seeing um i i'm personally seeing a shift in my opinion because uh a shift in what a shift in terms of i felt as though um a couple of years ago was vastly different than how it was now i also wasn't as tapped in as i was now but looking at it from how i looked at it a couple of years ago it seemed as there was a lot more division than there is now in terms of there's a lot more people who from jersey who are doing um, events and kind of like coming together more than kind of how I used to remember it in being like how I used to remember Jersey and everybody who I used to talk to who was like older than me would say it was just very divided and if you were from this part of Jersey you wouldn't fuck with this part of Jersey you would make fun of them and that you just stay in your own lane kind of thing where I used to I would see it as that a lot and then people would say okay this is the bad part of it so I'm going to go to New York. <laughs> mm. And where I was kind of always like, I'm always a person to be like, all right, instead of just abandoning this shit, I'm trying to, I want to fix it because this is where I'm from and this is where I am. So I feel like it's a, it's a more interesting thing to have where you're in a, a, a state that's that underground scene is not really put together where you could be like a pivotal part of the, process of putting that together and helping like spark that so that other people could do that along with you and then it's not just you so that was also the idea of what i i keep that in mind what i do with my documentaries and especially with my event that i did um or the events that i do and um yeah just everything that i do really just because i think it's really cool that we can bring it together and um yeah, it was just so much division, like, a long time ago, and I don't really remember, recall much events or much of anything really going on. So, talk to me a little bit, because you're... How many documentaries do you have out at this point? Probably, like, 130, I want to say, maybe. I Like, I feel like you're definitely, like, underselling yourself a little bit. What do you mean? Because... To have 130 videos, especially how, how on average would you say how long are each of those? Each of them is around like in the range of 30 minutes. And each video takes me at least like 
at least two or three full days. <laughs> like my last video, I, I was doing that. I did that all day yesterday and then all day before that. Like, literally all day, like, start Yeah, to dude. The, I definitely understand, end. dude. Yeah, yeah. I definitely understand. I mean, like, when I did the Mad Minds stuff, mm. I mean, I had, like, seven hours of footage. Oh, damn. And then when I condensed the seven hours of footage and edited and got all the interviews down into, like, you know, little segments, I went from seven hours to five hours, right? And this doesn't include, like, the setup of, like, you know, the couches, the mics, the lights, the everything, right? I, on average, probably, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, dude. And, yeah. and, and but, that's, but that's what I'm talking about, too, because I don't know, personally, of anybody else in Jersey who's doing what you're doing. I appreciate that. And that, that makes you unique and special. You I know? appreciate that. So but much. that also makes what you're doing that much more important. Because when people look back at Jersey culture and what we've done, and like who's been documenting this shit they're going to be looking at your shit as part of the whole mix of things that that have been happening you know when people talk any success that happens from this point on out they'll see this part and this chapter of it whereas and i don't feel like that has really existed beforehand and not only that you have a style to your yeah. documentaries bro and, and and i love it because it's very nostalgic because it's very like almost like 90s early 2000s yeah type like you know vlogs what kind, what kind of camera do you use for your, for uh, your i have camera? a canon 80d um i used to have a 60d uh it was my dad's camera actually and uh like in middle school my dad bought a camera like it was that one that 60d and just to take pictures of like family and shit like that and I would just take it and then try to put it back uh, before he got home because I was supposed to take it. And then at one point, I just didn't put it back and it was just like, fuck it. And then he just didn't really say nothing. So I just was like, just started shooting mad um, just uh, films with that and tried to develop like a style. And I, I, I do actually get inspired by a lot of like old like 90s and even like 70s like um, videos and um, just like things that are nostalgic and things that I just feel like a feeling is something that people are going to remember more than anything. So I always try to create uh, an emotion or a feeling in everything that I try to do, um, especially in like films and things like that. Yeah. Word. And so from this point, from when you saw like the documentaries, like which one have you felt has like, maybe it's the same and maybe it's not. And it's okay if it's not. Um, which one is like your favorite and which one has done the best numbers wise? I've found that the the best numbers wise is when I did a video and um, I did a video of a show and it was a bunch of like bigger artists in it. It was like um, like Matt Ox and um, K Suave and Candy Paint and uh so i did a video and in the thumbnail they were all three standing next to each other and i put all their names and so that video did really well just because of like how the alg algorithm works like you look up malax or whatever you're gonna see my video um so i did realize that that you can really that's how that's a way you can grow on on youtube but i kind of didn't want to like focus on that i kind of w wanted to have the more artistic expression in it and um uh my favorite video damn i don't even know i think my first video is my favorite video even though like like now i feel like my new work kind of shits on my old work 
like I feel like everybody feels like that throughout time but um, I mean for sure I, I feel that way about this podcast yeah if you go to the first po- I'm so embarrassed like of my first podcast they're actually only available in audio form mm. but they're just embarrassing bro <laughs> they're just embarrassing <laughs> no, I feel you my my first video though uh like 2019 that was that was the start of what I was doing and I also didn't look at it as like I didn't even watch YouTube videos I just wanted to everything I do I just want to be just as original as possible and I want to do stuff that nobody's doing so um, I wanted to have the most original kind of artistic kind of vlog type documentary type video as my first video. And it was just footage over a year and it was only like a 10 minute video. And it was just, I, just, I don't know why I look at it now and I just always use that as a template of like the style I'm going for. Um, because as time went along, when I was doing YouTube, I would research so much of how to grow my channel that a lot of time I would sacrifice a lot of, uh, it would stifle a lot of creativity because I'm thinking about, okay, if I do this like this, I get more views and the algorithm will push my shit up more. And if I, if I put it like this and I put this in the title, but more along the likes of I was trying to just cater to things instead of like just focus on what I'm, what I want to make and just who's the audience and just who I'm making it for kind of thing. So I stopped to really worry so much about um, like every little statistic of it and kind of look to my old, my first video as like, nah, this is like dope because this is like very artistic and just the mindset of this. There was no like, cause I didn't even watch YouTube videos. So there was no, uh, there was no um, thing I could take from. It was just strictly off of my pure creativity of what i've already know it was already in my head right now so yeah i just always look to that one that my first one i think i'm not even really in it <laughs> it's just like i'm just shooting and just edit shooting and editing it's really liked word i definitely have to look at your first one because i'm kind of upset that i didn't take the time <laughs> to really look at it but i'll tell you what dude i think that these videos will definitely like stand a lot of the test of time and i think there's a lot of cool interactions within these documentary videos that you that you post up that have like i don't know like they 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 just show like very much like how artists interact with each other like the chillness of stuff like i remember one of them and i think it was the one that you sent me of mad minds and i think maybe you guys were doing a show on the meat locker i i I realized that you guys go to the meat locker a lot yeah yeah um meat locker is a jersey staple it Uh, really is fire i'll be honest i did a show in 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 a let me finish my thought (laughs) let me finish my thought there was i think it was the mad minds episode you guys did and um it, it had to be the one in Morristown, but you guys, I think, were doing a show outside of the meat locker, and you were going into somebody's like maybe clothing shop or something. Yeah, yeah and they were closing cool. up or something like that, right? They yeah. were closing up. It's like, oh no, come in, and you guys are smoking in there or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, bro, like this is such a vibe. Like this is just like you know, like them being nice, their clothes. You're just looking around, you're looking at stuff. They're being super nice, and it's just like kind of artists and artistic people reacting, which you know, I think yeah. is is the main culture what people want. You know what I mean? And I think there's a certain um vibe when you see like different people who are complete opposites or like genres that you didn't think that would get along to like much together mm-hmm. like just vibing you that's know that's a fact yeah, yeah that really is a fact that's i seen that the first time um at my first show uh that i did uh, come as you are and um i put like half like alternative and like half hip-hop acts so it was just a mixture of like different like people in there and i just thought that was like mad cool because those are my two favorite genres so and um uh 
Yeah, and just the just the um I remember before I even started doing um my videos. Actually, it was more like after my first video, I started watching uh different vlogs just to get more like ideas of what I could do with it because the first video didn't really got like what like 35 views over like a year, so it really wasn't um like substantial so i was like looking for ways to actually grow and um i what i really loved and what i really took away from a lot of different vlogs was like just the idea of um just the raw like interactions that you get with each other and just the idea of um having the camera in a way where it feels as though that the viewer is there because um when i had covid for the first time um I used to, I would just watch mad vlogs because it would make me feel like like I wasn't alone even though I was but just the perspective that I was watching it in and just like hearing people like interact made me feel like there was somebody there. So that kind of was also the idea of like I call it comfort content. Just like the idea of like I want to do that but more in like an artistic way and also in a way that tells like a really great story and is like really great like a really great film. So there's just multiple layers of what I'm looking for when I um, try to make a video. Yeah, dude. I think I think it's like super dope. And I think if you're listening to this, you definitely need to take some time and go through shit. Like if you're looking for what the underground scene looks like in Jersey, if you're looking at like what multiple shows look like, even the one you mo- posted up most most recently, I think you just posted up yesterday, mm-hmm. or maybe it was today. I, I yeah, know. yeah. So today, yeah. Yeah. I got, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm hosting a show later today. Yeah. I, well, I know. So. We'll, we'll get into that, but the most recent video you just posted up was at the Meat oh, yeah, Locker, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was dope because you saw, like, everybody come in and, like, you know, you had some hip-hop in there. You're seeing, like, the crowd come in and stuff. And, and just, like, how basically, like, crowd work works, like, you know, like, how these shows really go. Because I feel like sometimes you could get... I think I think everybody who's who's done any show in Jersey consistently has definitely had shitty shows, you know, shows that could be a little bit empty comparative to some like shows that are really high 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 volume, high energy, you know, like the crowd is really getting in. Um real quick, I was going to talk about the Meat Locker. Mm. The Meat Locker is a very interesting venue. And it I say is. interesting with love and interesting with like fuck, you know, <laughs> because um, you walk in there and it's very grungy basement, very looks like almost metally in there. I'd say yeah. like metal vibes. Right. Um, I don't know if you guys ended up using your own PA system uh, for your shows over there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they've upgraded the PA systems since. But I remember my first show that I performed was there. And the it was either the end of 2018 or if it was the beginning of 2019, and I remember like the show we put on there was rough because like their PA their their speakers were blown out, the aux the aux cords oh, mess, bro. It was hanging it was hanging on like this little like wire that was hanging on from the ceiling, bro. Oh, and it, it didn't even reach my laptop, so I had to th- stack these things up so my laptop could hang high enough so I could plug it in, and it was mad loose. So like it was like um. You ever have, like, cheap headphones when you're a kid? Yeah. You have to wrap it around your phone, like, three times, bend it, and pray <laughs> to God that it both yeah. works in both ears? That's the struggle headphones. Yeah. That- that's, you have to... Um, that's the thing about, like, <laughs> DIY, like, punk venues. Yes. Like, it's not the most professional equipment. Even, even like, when I first... Um, actually, I performed it for the first time, my first time in 2019. Word. And um, now that I'm doing shows there, like, they just consistently tell me we don't have the best equipment, we don't have the best... I mean... For in terms of like the aux with the speaker, that sounded valid last time I was there. Um, but in terms of like 
instruments and shit like that and like amps and stuff it's not the best no. do you know the owners there at all like yeah, are you yeah. chill with them yeah word 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 you, uh, you'll have to introduce me someday yeah most maybe, definitely. maybe maybe we'll come down tonight yeah hell yeah, yeah they're definitely gonna be there tonight it's gonna be dope tonight too um is this and tonight is this another come as you are event no 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 this is a um this is a different um series of events that i'm doing now uh it's called underground developmental so Come As You Are is my first event series that I started, and it was kind of just like, it's called Come As You Are just to have people um, know that this is a place where you could come and be yourself, and there's no judgment in being yourself there. And when did you when did you start that out? We started that 2021 in June, and um, so I had the idea for that for a while, and then... Um, like they just I just didn't have people around me who were motivating me or pushing me to do really anything. And then I met my friend who I do it with now, Tag, and then um he really was motivating me to do it and then we actually did it. And then um uh it went substantially well for two like kids who were like didn't really have any fan base or nothing like that. And I do give a lot of that um credit to the marketing behind the event. And that's kind of why like like the event was like it was uh artists performing it was vendors and it was also um painters showcasing their work and it was very just interactive and and just the the message we put out for the event attracted the right people for the event and we saw that um that doing that is going to attract the right people and the and the right kind of marketing is going to get the people who you want to come in to come and, and what do you mean? What do you mean by like right people? Like right people genre wise, right people vibe wise, like um, all the above, really. Like um, so we we did put out we so when we put out the first event and, and all of the come as you are events, it kind of was, uh, you could tell by the marketing of the flyer and the um, promotional um, videos and the lineup that there was alternative acts and there was hip-hop acts so you could tell the the music genre that it was going to be the different music genres and also you saw that there was paint there was painters involved and there was live paintings and there was different vendors and designers and things like that so it makes it like more than just the music it's it's all around um it's all around creative uh, uh, event where different creatives from any different walks, photographers, all that are attracted to that because, okay, I could, I can meet these people around me, especially in Jersey. It's not really too much going on in terms of events or, um, and it, it is, it's harder most definitely because like, I realized that when I was young, we don't have things like Washington Square Park. We don't have things like the trains where you could easily get around to different events. You kind of, the only reason, the only real way to meet each other is if you're in like school. So in terms of like youth, so that's why I'm like, okay, there is a big potential for like uh, events here. All y'all go to New York to go to these events. We could just have them here and build up our own state. That's, so that's literally the dream. That's yeah. The dream, so that was the idea behind it, and then just the idea of having all those different creatives and just marketing towards those creatives. And it was called Come as You Are, and we had like so people already knew like. Um, the environment and I didn't even realize the the actual uh, impact of the right marketing until that so then we did a lot of those events and uh, we did five of those and um, our last one was in the summer and um, so uh, from doing that I realized the power of just doing like a series of events with the correct marketing and from doing that it also got bigger over time so now we're putting on like really big artists and I found that um, even from doing all those coming to was my like 
time where I got better and I developed as an artist and I got better at um at every event and just like really started to perform. So I realized that at the stage we're at now, where come as you are, now it's like upwards to four or five hundred people who come to the event and um now it would be I don't want to put somebody on that stage who's not ready to be on that stage. So there was there was a lot of artists who there's so many artists who want to perform, but I th- think a lot of artists would benefit more if they got more developed and then got on that stage because then you could actually give a great performance on a on a big stage. So then that led me to the idea of like, all right, I I I don't want to just do things just for the bigger artists. I want to do things for the smaller artists too because I was just there and I'm I mean I'm still there. So like um uh I had the idea of doing events that would help newer artists get more developed and get better on stage. So that's the event that I'm doing today. This is my third one. It's, it's called Underground Developmental. And it's it's a it's a really dope show. The venue is smaller and obviously the 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 um people come are it's it's a less amount of people than come as you are, but it's just a it's just an amazing like underground show of like upwards of like 100 people who come and uh just it's just so alive like just the crowd is so alive and they just help people and they are aware that this is a place to develop and get better as an artist so like there'll be artists who get on stage and they're like clearly nervous or whatever like saying oh i'm nervous or whatever and just mm-hmm. the crowd just like oh you you got it you got it you go yeah. ahead like just just the just the energy is just amazing so yeah that's um doing the third one today and i'm like really excited for it word 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 so when you do so i have a couple questions when you're doing the shows for come as you are so where would the shows be for come as you are like so what what venues are, are are you doing them at the venues differ and um we did our first three in jersey city in um this like warehouse building and it was like like our first two were kind of in this, in this like um uh art gallery like big art gallery space so it was paintings in one room and then like artists performing in like mosh pit in, in one room. So we were like moshing in the art gallery mm. and um, and then like vendors and all of that. So we did our first two in there. Then our third was on the roof, like, but it was inside, but it was also on the roof. And then the last two, the fourth and the fifth were, were at a different space in Jersey City at the film factory is called. And that's just like a really big uh, warehouse space. So, um, Right now, we're we're just considering where to do the next ones at because we're also thinking of um, the things that we would need for accommodation in terms of like like the last one we just had. We had it where uh, all the people coming could pay, could paint on a certain section of the walls. So we thought that was really cool that we want to just keep going with and like every event we just want to keep adding on really cool shit to it and like just really um hammering down on the experience vibe of it like we want of people to have an experience so of course of course um, you you keep saying we who's we when you when you're speaking about this i'm i'm just so we minded like it's not just me <laughs> so like who's who's but helping you we, plan these events um so you got a team um not really it comes as you are just me and my friend tag um he's a designer uh for his brand is devr and he um yeah so he's mainly the he does designs and I kind of do um like artistry for our own personal brand and then we just came together for uh come as you are and he's in college like he goes in um 
forgive me if I'm wrong, Virginia, mm-hmm. uh, a school or something. And um, uh, uh, and so when he went, I'm kind of just doing the uh, underground development, so just planning it all myself. Yeah. So Amazing. that's just my own personal. Like, I want to have my own events, and I do plan on doing more, like, one-off events. And uh, I'm just so – I just love, the like, this – like creating different series because and just having people fall in love with the event itself um so that regardless of who's up there they're going to be like entertained and they're going to be like like really tuned in because they're in love with like the environment rather than just like just coming for one person because i used to see a lot of people would come for a specific artist that artist would perform they all would leave <laughs> that's that's the, the the big problem you run into yeah and i think that's why like yeah it, it, the, focusing on the experience focusing on um what else they can get out of being there you know what i mean and obviously every artist event uh whether it comes to because i right now i'm only aware of three mm. right now in jersey that are doing it which is you um and you have obviously have Mad Minds it's run by Turk and his you know little squad and then you have um there's just one more that I haven't tapped into yet I think they're Billion Bars Club I think mm, or, I think I, I heard I think I might have heard of them I've heard of them before and I think I actually might have had uh, one of the guys who works for the uh, works in that team or maybe he runs it on the podcast at a Mad Minds event because usually you know like it it, it really it, the people who are doing this right now they all kind of a aware of like what's kind of going on right now like for example you're at the last mad minds right yeah yeah i remember seeing you too because you're a, you're a very hard character to miss you know what I mean? <laughs> you have a unique look to you you know Thank what i mean you. i respect that I actually i fuck with it a lot i like when people kind of figure out how to settle into their own ways i like people yeah i like to styles. i like to stand out as well just like like be remembered just because like i also want to just just grow and just be like uh i've always loved just the idea of just being like a um I used to watch people with like TV shows, like um, and just be like, I I would love to like like host things and just be just 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 show mad personality and just be that just cool dude just talking to people. So like I've always loved the idea of that as well. Um, yeah, so I try to play that role <laughs> on my documentaries. Where, dude? So what can somebody expect like for for tonight the show tonight? What can people expect to to get from going there? So people can expect. Well, just first of all, just a great time in general. Um, uh, my man's Oracle uh, is giving out free donuts. So there's Sweet. that. <laughs> they like they help artists like um, they're like a business in Jersey that helps artists like uh, get more recognition and like do like marketing and stuff like that. Um, but you could definitely expect a great time. Um, there's a bunch of dope artists who. Uh, go from first-time artists to artists who are more developed, who are uh, just trying completely different things out. And, um, yeah, it's just a lot of really like-minded artists uh, just trying to get better. And it's just a amazing scene to be around and discover and just be around a, a scene that's just so loving and just different from a lot of different events. Like, I've been to so many events where people just laying like sitting on the wall and just not really giving a fuck about the artists and um at my shit these first-time artists came by themselves like some first-time artists come by themselves don't even know anybody in the crowd the whole crowd moshing for them like that's that's something that i'm like okay that's actually there's actually like some kind of love in here and i'm attracting people who are more in it for the the craft and who are more in it for um 
the love for the fellow artists than somebody who's just coming in here just because they want to be the shit. You know, like somebody I'm looking for people who are like for the cause as well and not just for like just like for themselves or just like there just to gain something, but more of like there to help other people. And also you grow as well. You, you Everybody is like benefits from it as well. So, yeah, there's there's so many things to um, expect. So, yeah, just pull up and, and find out. Our next one is the 30th. Word. Yeah, yeah, Word. So talk to me a little bit. I'm, I'm actually really interested into hearing what does the future look like for you doing this? Like, is this is this what you want to do? Is this, like, your main gig? Is, like, do you want to build this into, like... Because regardless, you're going to have to build it into a business at some point if this is what you want to do. Or is it kind of just, like, steps you're taking into something else? Like, what is your goals? Um, My goals are really to just keep expanding on what I'm doing and just keep pushing what I'm doing. Um, I really... I mean, I, I see a lot of substantial, like, uh, growth from now from where I started but I also like am just aiming so high it just feels like um it always just feels like I'm not doing enough so um just really to just keep growing and expanding off what I'm doing just more events um more come as you are more underground developmentals more documentaries I'm trying to get uh more camera people like now I have more camera people involved in my um videos that I, I've always wanted to utilize because it, it's very conflicting to have to run an event and also film and also yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah dude it's, it's, yeah, so it's it gets difficult. difficult yeah and I also like to be on camera and like um just like host and like do things where I'm not restricted to being behind the camera so as though I love to record and I definitely always am going to be recording on my documentaries I definitely want to tap in with more um filmmakers uh, to shoot different angles and things like that to just really get like a more um, just all around inclusive film that I, I want I want to capture something that's like like really really cool and I want to be in it so yeah I'm just looking for more filmmakers for real Word. what's your opinion then on right now based on what you've done based on how long you've been here and, and having a repertoire of like even a hundred plus videos on all these things happening in Jersey is crazy what's what's the state of jersey culture and where you are placed in it and where it's going i feel as though the state of jersey culture is really just getting started in terms of the what's really going to be cool is in like a year from now i think the trajectory of how it's going now in like a very short amount of time things are going to go very up and people are going to start coming together in waves and in masses and then jersey is really going to be put on a higher pedestal than what it's been on and it really is like really cool that um uh, i was just talking about this with my friend kratos um shout out kratos shout out survive that's a collective i'm in jersey Word. collective um uh we used to go to new york and they would shit on us for being from jersey yep and yep. and now now they <laughs> now they want to do events in jersey yeah dude and so it's like that's fire like i find that so fire because like that means that we're doing something right and that means that we're on an upward trajectory and i really think it only takes one person to start like a like a fucking wave like a fucking avalanche because if 
and I'm really starting to see that with different people um, doing more events in Jersey um, and just taking what they see from the things that are already going on and just trying to expand on that. And that's what's really dope. And I encourage every artist from Jersey to just do something out of the box and just do more events and just push to grow the scene because if we're all doing it, then that means like in no time, this whole state is going to be like one of the biggest like creative scenes in the world. And that's, that's something that is, it would be insane to actually um, be a part of. And then incredibly like, yeah, I just, that's really what I see it, it going towards. Um, shout out young mags. You put um, events together in Jersey. Um, but yeah, definitely want to see more event planners out there um, doing more events. Um, so, yeah. Can you actually, this is actually fascinating me now, because even though I know the kind of backgrounds, what does it take to put on an event? So what I've realized is the key to event planning is just um, the ability to adapt to anything that happens because, and also just the, just a good uh, uh, level of organization and professionalism to, to and preparation that you uh, should take to starting an event. Like um, this event I have tonight, I have like three pages. Like I have like a Google Docs so, of like three so, pages. So why don't notes. you take me, why don't you take me from start to finish? Okay. How this event tonight that's going to happen. Okay. So happened. So, um, for me starting this, I contacted the uh, owners of the meat locker and told them about my idea for this event. And um, they gave me some, after I did my first event. So let me talk about my first event that I did there. So my first event, I hit up the owners, told them I wanted to do the event, told them the idea for the event. And they get, they told me the, what I had to do. They gave me a date. and um, So what did you have to do? Uh I just really had to have the upwards cost of the money for the venue. Okay. And um, so they were, they're easy because they provide sound. They have a stage. It's an actual venue. Like sometimes like my first event, they didn't have no stage, no sound. So I had to also pay for a sound stage. Uh, that, that could be the case for some events where you have to, um, I mean, it's not really crazy though. Like I paid a hundred dollars and I got, uh, I know a guy who I paid a hundred dollars and he gave me two speakers and two mics and mic stands. So that's not really crazy. Um, so, so right now it's heading up the venue, figuring the out venue. what they need, paying the down payment for rental, I guess, of the, of the place. Mm -hmm. And then let's say also, um, if you need like extra like setup or somebody to set up like, um, like monitors or whatever, Let's say okay. Let's say that yeah. okay. So then after that, so I would I would suggest to figure out like lock down your date before you start getting artists or really start planning the event um, in super detail. Uh, so because when you have the uh, space, then you know what you can plan around and what you need. And um, uh, so then I would suggest to really tap in with everything that you need. Like say you need sound. Say you need. Um, whatever you may need, a fog machine, say you need a, a fucking um, lighting, uh, whatever you need, you need to make sure that you have that or that the event or that the venue has that and then lock down the artists. And I would suggest mainly for the event lockdown, make sure you know your time frames, make sure you know how long you have the venue for and that you're not going over or and you're, and you're booking the artists in a specific time frame so that you know 
if you're over time or if you know that um, you're good on time so that things just run professionally and things just run smoothly. I had to learn that with my first event and I didn't put like the artist specific times. I didn't really time frame it out. Mm. And then it was the event was about to end. I had three more artists who was about to go on, but I didn't know if I was behind or not. And um, uh, so, yeah, most definitely uh, map out the time frames for what's going to go on. The, how long the DJs are going to go on, how long the artists, all of that. Um, confirm the artists. Uh, if you have to pay them, make sure you pay them. Uh, but um, hmm, I'm trying to think. I'm actually interested in a little bit. So we have getting the venue, paying rental for the venue, paying rental for anybody who's going to come in and do any sound stuff. Booking the artist, making sure there's a time frame there for the artist as well. Something interesting you just said. Flyer. We'll flyers. Flyers, yes. Flyers. Um, interesting enough, how do you, so do these artists, how does this work business-wise for you? You, so, we, we don't we don't have to talk about wh- what money is getting made if you don't want to. Nah, we we talk about all of them. But like, yeah. So like, how how does this work business wise? Like, how does this profit for you, and how much are you making from these shows? So, I did not make any profit off Come As You Are. Um. Well, the first four Come As You Are's we did them for free, and um. Uh. Which is not the great, the greatest business model, but it was the greatest business model in terms of my cash flow was in terms of uh, um, just building myself up. Like that's that's really the why why I wanted to do that. So I just looked at the money as like an investment. Like um, the first venue we had was like I think it was like six hundred for the night, um, and then a hundred for the sound, and then. We paid like a hundred for a stage because they didn't have a stage. It was just a venue, and then, um, yeah. So really, you have those those key things, and then make sure the lighting is good in there. Um, and then you have to make sure you have all your artists map out your time frames for all your artists. Um, and also just be prepared for shit to go wrong. Like shit goes wrong for me all of the time, and I've just learned to just get better at just adapting to when anything goes wrong like the last come as you are my tire blew out on my way to the event with all the shit in the back damn and i had to get out and walk to the um uh to uh my uh my friend who was at um like a different venue um and we had to go and get it like just mad shit just happened so just be prepared for uh to adapt to things and i would say most definitely uh there's a lot of events out there that um that lack that don't tap in with that key factor of the marketing towards it and just really just try to market it off a good time and whereas as though you could do so much more in terms of making that event like a experience or it means something or you're you're tapping into a specific demographic or something in in the terms of where it's not going to be just like um like maybe like 15 people who aren't really into it and um so yeah, that's it's definitely something worth to think of, like what the purpose is of the event and who is it for and um, why are you doing it. So what are you charging people to go to the event? So the event tonight is ten dollars to get into the event. The first four coming draws we did for free, and then the fifth one we did for ten. And I even hate charging ten. Like I honestly hate charging artists for anything because it's hard. But you know, 
You you're an adult, bro. You gotta yeah. pay. You gotta pay bills. Nah, man. most definitely. People gotta understand. And there's nobody else. And I and I'll say this, especially if you're listening as an artist right now, because I feel like once once people start talking about financials and shit, everybody's like, oh no, do it for the love, do it for the art, do it for this. And trust me, bro, I feel that to the fucking max because I don't want to charge for these podcasts, right? I charge like. In general, for these podcasts, for anybody who I have on, I could charge anywhere in between six to a thousand dollars each one. Right. Just because the amount of money that goes into the equipment, and that's just the baseline. Mm-hmm. That's just the baseline. I'm not even talking about for the talent like I have, and I don't mean that in an arrogant way. But I mean like it takes you know time and and like you know learning how to interview and talk to people and make it interesting. It takes time. It does, so yeah. I don't even charge for my experience, mm-hmm. but just the amount it would take to rent out this table. All the equipment, this, the lights, the camera, just rental baseline is six hundred dollars. Yeah. That's the lowest amount. So that's if I wanted to break even, right? Mm. I would charge six hundred dollars for a podcast, and it's like I feel like that's worth it, though. Yeah, I feel, and for a lot, and especially for the people who come on, man. I mean, like you're talking about the value of the content that they could take. They're taking an hour, anywhere in between an hour to an hour and a half of content that now they could repurpose and use and especially from you being social media um like uh like um a social media person in uh right after or like during the pandemic you said right like i actually did social media management earlier this year as like a side gig for two months i did in january february and i started doing math on it and it was like yeah you could charge twenty dollars twenty five dollars per post and if a person wants to post three times a day that's seventy five dollars a day you know what I mean? And seventy five dollars a day goes pretty quick, you know. And and people people could get angry and be like, "Yo, wh- why 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 are you charging this?" And it's like, "Well, it takes me time to do this." You know what I mean? People don't realize a thirty second TikTok video sometimes could take like hours to edit. Oh yeah, you know, to do transitions, oh, and, and especially even for the the documentaries that you do, yeah, it take hours. You know what yeah. I mean? For me, you know, like even doing these podcasts, doing the Madamise things takes me. So much fucking time, dude. <laughs> like I, I this past week has just been editing the the past Mad Minds from um, Morristown and then Claremont Distillery, dude. I've been putting in like more than a hundred hours of work easily Damn. on both of those. Yeah, easily. I know that must be a lot of work because it's so yeah. much filming um, going mm-hmm. on there. And, and not only just that, but then I give everybody the clips for free. Mm. You know, and I tell them to email me and I put it on my Instagram, whatever. Then I have to take all these clips, re-render them into smaller clips, send them, download them into my Dropbox and then send them out. And it's oh, just wow. like, it's like wild. Um, but um, yeah, so talk to me. So you said $10 a, a, a show, right? Mm. So where I'm kind of interested because you said, do you pay any of the artists who come on to your show at all? Or um, So for come as you are yes for come as you are we paid i paid one artist and um uh that was the only artist we ever paid for come as you are but majority of the time like a lot of the like underground artists really want to um just be on a stage that's like has a lot of people and just really just like just grow so because I mean, you're providing a service yeah yeah for real and um so for this for the underground shows um the way the venue works is they have they do it like like you you get you get a a, a portion of the of the um sales um that you bring in so i have to charge 25 to perform and then if they bring like five people then they get their 25 back if they bring more than five people then they make money so that's how that venue works i 
never like to charge people. But then I think of like, if I was an artist, when I was an artist who was like really just starting, I would have paid, I would have paid 25 to do this. I did pay 25 to do shit like that. So like, I, I really, I'm really just be torn with things. Yeah. And you know what? I'll, I'll tell you what. And if it makes you feel less torn, good. Because I, I used to, I felt like when I was, cause I feel like every artist's plight is loving the art and being broke. Mm-hmm. Right. If you want to get your name out there, the only way you're going to do it for free is social media. And social media is the biggest stage you will ever get on. You know what I mean? When it comes to, especially if you're in the beginnings of growing as an artist. You want to spread your music? I've seen so many TikTokers do this. I've seen so many Instagram people do this and, and get, get, their, get their numbers right, you know, be consistent and whatever. But if you're trying to perform live, you know what I mean? There's, there's, I feel like people don't understand the amount of work that goes into a show. And if you don't like a person and how they run their show and what they're charging, the perfect thing that you were saying before, I hope other people put on their own shows. Yeah. Makes it competitive. Yeah. You know I, mean, what I mean, that's what I did as well. Like, um, it was really no shows. I wasn't really getting on any shows. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to do it myself. I mean, that's 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 the whole idea of like anything DIY is like just doing everything yourself. Um, if you don't have the resource, resources or you don't have the funds, you just got to put in the work and just, just got to learn how to do things and just um do things on your own or just like tap in with other people who are like-minded and are willing to help with the vision yeah yeah Yeah, for sure i um i actually did a show once where uh they knew that i was specifically just gonna bring in a lot of people Mm. i wasn't i wasn't the best like performer i mean i was oh you used to make music yeah oh i I, I, I do music pays i do make music music i do make music um i don't post up anything right now Mm -hmm. um i'm kind of you know what's funny i was in the car with a friend yesterday and she was telling me she was like are you gonna get back into music i told her i was like well i never really left and the music that i make right now is really just more for myself i like listening to like my own music and seeing what i could do and how i've developed over the years but i don't have anything right now that i feel like I would be comfortable releasing or proud of mostly because they're like the music I make right now is like 70, like I'll, I'll do 70% finish the song, 80% finish the song. And then I'll just like listen to it. And then I'll just be like, hmm, maybe one day, you know, that's, that's the idea though. That's a good, uh, the right idea though. Like just being able to make music that you like to listen to. Cause that's, that's the idea of like I have with everything and I don't really put anything out unless I could like sit there and actually listen to it. Like it's not my song. Yeah. But yeah. are you gonna are you going to keep going with the music though? Yeah, I am. I am. But it's just like right now, you know, I'm trying to figure out stuff with the podcast. Mm-hmm. This thing has been growing beautifully, man. Like I'm I'm really I've had a really blessed year. Um, but now it's like really time to like sit down and be like, all right, if I go into music right now, I'm gonna be making no money. Like I'm that that that, that yeah. is not my goal. I don't wake up every day and like, you know, like the way that Ethan was putting it, you know, he was just like, You gotta do it every day. And funny enough, he said something yesterday, too, that that was cool. He was like, um, I hate getting I hate working off of inspiration. Why is that? Right. Isn't that the weirdest shit to say? I'm going to clip the shit out of that video. I think I, for the most part, work off inspiration. But, you know, and it's crazy. He was like, I don't like working off of inspiration because I can't work when I'm not inspired. And then he's like. To be to do this and really hustle through it, you need to learn the other way. He's like, because there's gonna be days, there might be weeks where you're uninspired, there might be months where you're uninspired, and he's like, and then he he just brought it back to I need to pay bills. He's like, I'm at that age right now where I need to fucking pay bills, so I don't have a choice. 
And he's like, if I could work and still make good work when I'm not inspired, isn't that the key? Low key. That's, that's interesting. I never yeah. thought of it like that. I never thought about it that way. That's kind of like putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation so that you're like good. And I mean, not necessarily uncomfortable, but like it would be hard for me to. Like I do do a lot of things based on inspiration because I, I think uncomfortable is the right word, dude. To be yeah, honest, yeah. I think uncomfortable is the right word because in what situations do you learn where you're super comfortable mm. in life? You know, yeah, don't. Yeah. I, I wasn't comfortable when I started off these podcasts, bro. Sometimes I like I don't get nervous anymore when I have anybody on. Like I could pretty much get within like the first. 10 to 20 minutes if it's going to be a shit podcast you know what i mean yeah i don't really choose anybody that i really think anymore that i'm gonna have a shit podcast with you know i'm i'm, I'm blessed in the way that like i have a, a a cool mixed basket of people that i'm like all right cool now i have some options to like you know choose and people that i actually fuck with to come on how many um did you do so uh this year this would be number we're on season three and this number would be oh, so you got seasons yeah so i just call it each year a season okay because I, I originally like you know, some podcasts are just like number 300 whatever yeah but i don't want to get to like number 10,000 whatever and i'm like this is dumb i mean i'd rather just go by seasons yeah so uh this season will have you'll be number 47 i believe and then by the end of the year we'll be That's making your hat right now yeah what i said that's the number on your hat right now oh really yeah oh shit oh my hat yeah oh shit yeah. Anyway. but um yeah I, yeah actually yeah funny funny enough i think you're gonna be 47 pretty sure but um yeah um yeah and uh from there like you know it's, it's just i, I lo- completely lost my train <laughs> i completely <laughs> lost my train of thought i'll be nah, honest it happens to me all the time but uh but yeah you know like you get to uh, it's been it's been good so far like choosing the the people who come on and like getting to the opportunity because before i was very much like just taking whatever i can especially when i was running it out of my college and i was using the study rooms to shoot podcasts and convincing people that i was my studio <laughs> you yeah. know like that's kind of how it went you know um but like I said, it's very interesting to kind of keep pushing this and and wanting to do like shows that, you know, getting artists to come on, getting them to be inspired, not get, trying to make it into a business and kind of trying to build off of that. Because I think off of people, I almost think it's a good thing that people are getting angry or when they get angry about like, oh, I have to pay to get on. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, yeah, dude, who the fuck are you? You know, yeah, yeah. and it's an, it's it's not in a, it's not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. It's not in a bad way, you know? It's not in a, like, a who the fuck is you, but it's, like, you know, like, you haven't even built yourself up to a certain point. You know what I mean? And it, and, it, and it's not in a judgmental way, but it's, like, do you do this for real? You know? I, I do get that sometimes where it's, like, I mean, I'm glad that the majority of it, the vast majority of the time, everybody's just, like, not really looking at themselves with, like, a huge ego or whatever, and just, like, mad down to, yeah, I'll pay 25 that's whatever. Um, but, yeah, it, it is some instances where people are, like, um. Yeah, I I don't I'm I don't want to do this or I don't want to do that or I need more time or I need more like I I can't do it without more time or whatever. That's like I'm not like I'm not obligated to do anything, and like I but I'm trying to help everybody. So you got to know when you're holding yourself back. Like I think everything is just really like mental. Like if I had went, I feel as though if I went this whole time just being very arrogant or egotistical then things would have not went very well especially in the um the things i'm trying to do um 
uh, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I, I just don't think, I think that ego mm-hmm. shit would just hold you back. And I think there's a huge difference that artists need to understand specifically. There's a difference between ego and respect. Yeah. You know, and especially ego has to do with yourself, but the respect you have for yourself. You know what I mean? Like, if you're, like, for example, for the podcast, if I'm choosing some person who's just blowing up my DMs, which people do sometimes, and, and, and it's funny, I don't, I don't, I still don't know how to react to this shit. You know what I mean? I don't <laughs> yeah. know how to react to this shit because I have such a love. Like I, I, dude, when I when I watch your 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 documentaries, and probably one of the main reasons I brought you on too, because I was just like, I fuck with it so heavy, Thank I you. really do fuck with it heavy, because it, it 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 brings such a weird nostalgia to like how it is to be in the underground scene, to do this shit, to go to these shows, and seeing people enjoy themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I feel like if you brought an outsider, sometimes where they're used to bigger venues, New York. I mean, like in New York City, how many cool, dope venues do you have? Yeah. You know, if you're comparing Meat Locker to those venues, you know, some of them are just like, you know, fuck. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you have you ever been to um, a Baby's All Right? In New York City, babies are. That's a venue. Yeah, it's in Brooklyn. So. It's in Brooklyn. There's mad venues. In Brooklyn. Yeah, there's there's mad venues in Brooklyn. But even like some of the, there's the 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 Bowery, the Bowery Electric. Yeah, I perform. I perform. Yeah, you know, like if you're comparing, like you know, the Bowery. Oh yeah, no, yeah, to, that's that's way more professional, yeah. <laughs> right? To 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 the Meat Locker, right? Yeah. You, but I've been to shows in the Bowery where people aren't lit. Yeah. And then you you look at some of the videos that you have in, in, in your documentary series, and I'm just like, these people are having a great fucking time. These people are performing, and they're leaving enriched, and they're leaving with art being shared, you know? Yeah. And it's like, this is this is what is dope. And other people might look at it and be like, who the fuck are these people? And it's like, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? They are passionate, and they're doing it. Yeah, that's but, why I like it so much. Like That's because it's like the it's more about the environment and the people you're around and like what's going on rather than like people not really too worried about, Oh, that's not fancy enough or this is not like professional enough. Like it's, I I like the fact that it's like some cool ass, like basement, like grungy ass. Like, um, they were just telling me that it was like in the seventies, they were doing punk shows in there. So it's, it goes back a long ass time. So. Oh yeah. And all the stickers on the wall. I have some yeah. stickers on the walls. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. I got to see if they're still there. I forget where I put them, but like, yeah, I, I and, my name and even the bathroom in there is, I don't know if they yeah, fixed the bathroom. the bathroom. Does it still have a oh, hole was, in the wall? Oh shit. It, I, it might. I don't know. I, was it big enough to like recognize? Uh, I mean, you could definitely watch someone peeing. Oh. <laughs> if you wanted oh, to throw that like hole. that. Oh, they had a glory hole in there? They didn't have a glory hole. It was <laughs> just like, I don't know if it was just a really thin piece of plywood that they used for the wall in between the bathroom and, like, you know, everybody else. Mm-hmm. But I remember it just being a big-ass hole, and I was peeing, and then, like, I was in there peeing, like, before a show, and I saw someone's, like, like you could see, like, movement. And oh, I shit. saw movement through that through that hole, and I was like, "Oh damn! Someone could really just peep my dick right now if they wanted to, bro." I was like, "That's crazy." Nah, I think, I was like, I think that shit. Is I was like, like, "These are vibes." Like, <laughs> they pulled out the, they passed that shit up because mm-hmm. I don't, I, I, I haven't. I hope that's not. <laughs> You're like, damn! I gotta turn back, bro. It was a lot of shows and stuff, and getting fucked up. But that that was actually um that shit was actually really interesting. Like the um. The fact that, like, just putting yourself in un... Uh, I just went back to a whole different... No, point. you're cool. No, the uncomfortable, <laughs> yeah. You have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations to grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, especially, like, in... Um, that's why I did a lot of time in music. That's why I always try to do a lot in music. And even just doing these developmental shows, it just makes me... Because I don't even perform at them. Because it initially, the idea was uh, to get artists who 
who are like basically brand new. And um, at that point, I've been performing consistently for like uh, two years. So I'm like, all right, I want to give it to somebody who just started. So, um, but I kind of look at it a little bit differently now because now there's people who are more established who come in who are like, like my, uh, my friend Vet, who's like, uh, who makes a lot of lyrical rap music. He came in um, the, at the last one and did mad like rock shit. So it's like developing like some whole new like shit that you got. And it could be like really for anybody. And so, yeah, it makes me want to just develop a lot more of my sound and music and develop a lot more uh, like new music. Yeah. So, but I ultimately do have to put myself in a uncomfortable position for that because I'm so used to just my style of beat, my style of vocal and things like that. Mm -hmm. So just trying to just be more experimental and think outside the box. Yeah, dude. Nah, I mean, like, for sure, you know, thinking out of the box, putting yourself in an uncomfortable situ situation, sometimes doing shit, doing shit that you don't even think you're doing. I never thought I was going to do the Mad Minds event. Trust oh, yeah. me. Bro, that shit yeah. is so fire. Like, just the idea of, like, having the podcast on the scene of the event is really, really dope. Yeah, thank you, dude. Yeah, I, I didn't know how the first one was going to go, and the first one was luckily, like, their biggest event that they ever put on, like, to that point, you know? And then, like, doing, even doing the last one, it's dope, you know, just getting there and doing stuff that's, like, just different and shit, you know what I mean? It's, it's dope. And, you know, overall, I, I think I think our goals and where our trajectories are going, regardless if we want to be cordial or not, but obviously you're the homie, but, like, it's going to end up intersecting, you no, know? for sure. Because I'm trying to build here, like, a culture and a community. You're over here building a culture and community. Turk's out here building a culture and community. And anybody else who is putting on shows who are getting artists together who are who are trying to make these things grow and be better and better is subjective but like as long as you're spreading art and building a community you're building culture and that's what i think jersey is lacking and i think that's what is being built now like i said i think we're very much in the forefront of like all of these things yeah. and like i said i think it's so fucking dope that you document this shit on the youtube and like people could look back at it and especially people in your community like they'll see themselves 20 years from now dude yeah. you'll look at this podcast 20 years from now and be like holy shit like what was i doing you yeah, know what no, i mean i can't wait for that all of these things are time capsules bro really people forget that these videos these things that we upload are all time capsules yeah so it's really dope um we're nearing the end of the podcast because I, I can't take too much more time in the stew but do you have any advice for the people? Did you have anything left on your brain that you wanted to get out, but maybe that you didn't do? The floor is absolutely yours. Um, I would say my advice is um, just really just do whatever makes you happy, honestly. Like um, a lot of times we do things that try to make other people satisfied or just try to do what we think we're supposed to do instead of doing what, would actually make us happy and doing something that gives an actual impact to the world and just finding what your purpose is in the world and how you can make the world a better place. So I just really just say in whatever field you're in, just, just do whatever the fuck you want to do. Really just do whatever fuck makes you happy. And anything that you want to do, just work really hard at it and don't give up on it and just really just hone in on it and just work every single day at it because more than anything, we're the people who are going to hold us back. You're you're being held back by yourself a lot of the time. So it's just about just being in that mindset where you're going to actually grow and push your shit to a, a certain point. I would be so much in the mindset of, 
I only could do certain things or I, I only was limited to certain things. And it wasn't until I just so happened to, to find new people that I realized how much I was holding myself back. So it was really just a matter of just knowing what's right for you and just doing whatever makes you happy and don't hold yourself back. Kirk, I appreciate you so much, dude. I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on to the podcast. Keep doing what you're doing, bro. Don't stop. Don't ever stop the documentary shit, bro. Because I, I think that don't I think that shit's podcast. Thank bro. you, dude. I, I think this. That too. I think this shit is is um, impactful and like really monumental for the scene as well. Because like, just like with documentaries, like people really just appreciate just being like showcased and given a platform where, like nobody's really giving us a platform so it's like Word. when you get that it's like wow like you actually give a fuck like that's crazy so dude i appreciate it bro let the people know where they could find you your socials insta spotify's everything now's the time to tell them you can find me on everything at kurt donovan tap in with me on instagram on youtube spotify uh soundcloud if you have it all of those things apple music and um yeah man i hope uh i hope we see each other one day i hope uh we get to meet and uh exchange words word dude and guys you already know the business all of his links everything to go follow him will be down below make sure you like comment subscribe Leave a rating on the uh, Instagram. Leave a Instagram. Leave a rating on the Spotify. Leave a rating on the Apple. And um, yeah, AO2 Podcast, Instagram, YouTube, uh, TikTok, wherever you find your podcast, you can listen to this. And uh, yeah, my dude, now it's time to just get the fuck out of here. Man, out of here. <laughs> Where, bro? Shit, bro. I felt like that went so quick, dude. It did. It definitely did. So How quick, long was bro. it? It was like an hour and a half.